hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And it is. My name's Trevor Long, and uh, this is episode 147 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Uh, thanks to the good people at Netgear, uh, netgear.com.au, if you want more information about some uh, great networking products for your home or small business. And we'll tell you about one of those great products a little later in the show. Uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech, uh, joining me each and every week, the other bloke talking tech, Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Good to be here again. Uh, getting close to our third year anniversary, I should uh, just tip our listeners. Wow. Got something special planned. Oh, what did you get me something? <laughs> What's the? Uh, I won't give it away. I won't give it away, mate. You're gonna oh. have to wait till next week. And oh I'll, no, we're doing something special for our third anniversary of Two Blokes Talking. Oh, I'm nervous. I mean, I'm gonna. Are we going traditional or um or modern with the gifts? Because you know that's either leather. Or crystal and glass. So, not oh, saying it. All, all, uh, it all will be, all will be revealed. <laughs> You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, and we will bring you all the latest news in technology right now. Now, a little while ago, it's probably a good year or more. Um, Google Street View started um, implementing a um, kind of a backpack-based uh, Street View camera because, as you know, the Street View that we know and love now is, is a car driving around with a crazy camera on top and it's able to video uh, or record uh, photos across across the streets and, and turn it into a, an interactive map for you. And in America, they started doing this inside shop so that a person walked around with a crazy big backpack on and, and did the same thing. Well, in Australia, mate, and you've, you've shown this on Tech Guide, in Australia, you can now go into the Broadway coal store in the same fashion. Well, if uh, if ever you need to plan a shop, this would be the way to do it. If you need, you can walk up and down the aisles virtually, of course, using this new technology. So it takes the Street View technology, but combines it with Google Business Photos, which business owners can publish these panoramic photos of the inside of their business. So mm. perfect example for Coles, uh, the new Coles Broadway store, where you can now check out what's in the aisles before you even get there. So if you need to pick up some chocolates and some milk and eggs, you know exactly where they are. It's a pretty insane concept, isn't it, really? And and my, I guess it's really just about giving you a, a sense of what's in there because it's not like you could really plan your shopping as a result because – I mean, the aisles change, yeah. you know, but so you can't, regularly. You can't buy anything off the shelf, too. Like, wouldn't it be great if you could actually click on the Jats crackers on, on the shelf there? and, imagine, and actually, Yeah, act the Coles to... shopping was working that way. Yeah, imagine that. But uh, you think of the, 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 the possible uses of this. Now, we, we know all about the challenge of uh, bricks-and-mortar retail versus online retail. Hmm. So imagine if a store allows shoppers to browse the store before they get there. Like, you know, the, the, the groceries probably isn't the best example. Say, for example, you wanted to, if you could browse the shelves of JB Hi-Fi from home, mm. 
So you can see, walk around the shop like you're in the virtual virtual version of the store. Say you wanted to look for Bluetooth speakers and you can look at the shelf with Bluetooth speakers, see what products are there, so you know what range is in stock, that sort of stuff. Hmm. I think that's a, that, that's, that's, there's potential there to bridge that gap between online and bricks and mortar stores where if I know, okay, yeah, they've got a good range of Bluetooth speakers, I'm going to go into that store and check it out and have a listen to them. I think that's a, that's, there's potential there, I think, down the track. The quality of the photos are pretty bloody amazing. I mean, obviously, just like on the street there, they're blurring um, uh, number plates. In this instance, they're blurring all the people's faces. I'd be filthy. I'd want to be in there. I'd, I'd be writing to Google <laughs> saying, unblur my face, that's me. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting here, and, and it's, it's kind of staggering. I'm standing in the, in the fruit and veg aisle. Uh, at, at Coles Broadway supermarket, and I can see that red delicious apples are four dollars a kilo. I mean, it's it's it's. You that can go good. through all the different sections of Coles. You can see the bakery, the the fruit department, the the cereal aisle. If you want to, you're trying to think of a new cereal you want to try, or uh, the the what what range of Cadbury chocolates are in stock at the moment? Do they have hazelnut chocolate or fruit and nut? What am I going to buy this week? So uh, what I find interesting about interesting. this is why didn't they do it? After hours, is it open twenty four hours? The Coles. I mean, there's just a bloody lot of people in the store. Yeah, there isn't many in the photos I've got here, but I think what they did is they. Well, pro- I'm I'm looking on Google Maps. I'm browsing around yeah. it, and the, you know, there's people in every aisle. Uh, and there's one aisle six where the rice pasta and international is. There's like fifteen <laughs> people there. I don't think they update the photos like every day or anything. But no, the, but what I'm I saying say- is, why didn't they take these photos? In the middle of the bloody night when there's no one around. Yeah, or maybe they're open. To, maybe they're the packers, the, the overnight people who no, stock listen, the shelves listen, or something. These are shoppers, I can tell. <laughs> I've seen packers. Uh, but it is, it's quite amazing. And, and you know, you, you can, because nothing's blurred, but, you know, the quality is pretty darn reasonable. I can see that uh, uh, that one of those, you know, those big pens with four colours on the top, two two dollars sixty five. There you uh, go. A bit of a worry for Coles. The... They want. They don't want to. They want to be careful. They don't change the pricing too much. People. People will look and see what the prices were on a given Absolutely. day. Well, aren't, aren't prices down? Down. Prices are down all the time. <laughs> Coles. Or what about? Can you imagine? Like, this is going to generate a bit of competition too. I think you know, Big W, Woolies. They're all going to want a, a piece of this. Yeah. Well, I mean, Google will want that. Well, oh, the, yeah. the idea here is that when you're, um, uh, you know, you think about now that Google have uh, have started mapping. The, the layout of shops, you know, yeah, you, you can, even you like know, train stations and stadiums, yeah. they're already uh, already on Google Maps. Mm. So it's an interesting thing. It's been in America in a few places a little bit. It's it's really a, a great publicity stunt for Google's Maps. Uh, but as it evolves and as more content gets on there, um, we'll probably see a little bit more um, you know use for it. But uh, until then, uh, you can check it out. Uh, you can check out some photos of it at Stephen's website, techguide.com.au. But if you're on Google Maps. The way to get into it is actually to look at Google Maps, go to the Coles Broadway, and then click on the Coles Supermarket. Don't go into Street View and try and walk in from the from the road. That's not how it works. <laughs> you click on Coles Supermarket, and it then comes up with, you know, Coles Supermarket, Broadway, Street View, five photos, or see inside. And that's what you want to click on, yeah. and it'll take you inside the store. Very cool stuff. Now, I know we spoke about iTunes radio last week, Trev, but I actually was uh, got on a plane to go to Fiji, so I never had a really yeah, good chance yeah, to play with yeah. it. I didn't have a chance to have a briefing from Apple, but I have had my briefing now, and I, I, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more about it. And <laughs> okay, it's official. I, you may. <laughs> I had a, a chance to sort of do a, a deeper dive into iTunes radio, and I have to say, the more I'm, uh, the, the deeper I'm diving, the more I'm liking it. Um, 
the featured stations uh, are excellent. There's a nice selection there. But the, the ability to create your own station uh, and really tune it into your taste is really impressive. Now, we all know that this is the first iTunes radio uh, after the US. So Australia's got the first cab off the rank after the US. Mm-hmm. And it's been very Australianized. So it's, it's quite been um, aggregated and curated for Australian audiences. But uh, the, with, with the creations of the stations, I, I didn't realize how deep you can dive. Like, for example, if you want to set up like a – I went to set up like an, a pop station. So I clicked pop as my genre. Then all these other sub-genres appeared. And each of the sub-genres, actually, there's a little play button next to each of them. And you can have a little taste of the songs you would expect to hear in those little subcategories. So you have a five-second play of each of the songs. So you could really quickly go through and sort of – get to know the flavor of what to expect. But then it goes even further. So with the, you can choose, if you say listening to a song, you can play more like this, never play this song again, add to iTunes wish list, create a new station from that artist, create a, create a new station from that song, and you can also share the station you've just created. So end of the line is it's about discovery. I think this is going to encourage people to buy as well. Mm. Buy straight off the store as well. There's no okay. doubt. I've already um, I've bought two songs, and and that may not sound like a lot, but I don't buy a lot of music, and so for me to be listening to stuff, and one of them was out of the, the top twenty, and it was just one of those songs I'd, I'd either heard on the radio and thought that's all right, and uh, and the other one was and I can't even remember what it was, but it was a, you know like an eighty song or something that came up through my awesome John Farnham radio, <laughs> uh, and uh, and I thought I, I really like that song, and I'm going to whack it in, in my collection because then. I know it's. I know if I want to hear it, I can play it, and and that's the thing about iTunes Radio. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a song that you want. It's going to give you a mood or a vibe that you want. And yeah. I think the, the the number one thing that I've learned in, in using it is, and I'll, I'll be honest, the way I was using it was I was flicking between the hit station and the top twenty station, which are curated here in Australia by Apple, and then yeah. I was flicking to my Beatles radio and John Farnham radio trying to hear songs I wanted. And I'd, I'd often hit my skip limit, which is six times per six hour. Six per hour, yes. And uh, what else I discovered too, within your station, mm-hmm. you can choose whether you want to hear hits only yes, or you can, discovery. So yeah. there's a way to slide the scale. You can just hear the hits or you can just be hear new songs or you can have a mixture of both. And, you know, these things are not revolutionary. These things have been in – these were in MOG for for very early when, when it launched here and it's you know now going and being replaced by Beats. It, it's a – it's a feature in in audio and and Pandora. These these are common things, but what iTunes Radio does is bring it into the the native app that you use. It, it makes it very easily accessible to everyone, yeah. um, and obviously that the purchasing power is, is strong. Plus, uh, the I, number one thing is the size of the size of the library. Absolutely, thirty seven million, million. Pretty good, about the size of your bank account. That's yeah, really exactly. nice. Yeah. But what I like too is that if you're rocking an iPhone or an iPad and an iMac, you can actually uh, it carries across all of your devices. Mm. So you you might you might have created your '80s pop hits radio station like I have, mm. and you might be listening to uh, Sisters Are Doing It for Themselves by the Eurythmics. <laughs> and once you once you hit pause on that and then go to another device, it should pick up from where you left off. Yeah, and and the it's, it doesn't always work. Sometimes it does. A couple of times it didn't, but 
That's how you can look back at your list of what you've played as well, which I quite like. Yes, so the history is great. And the, the synchronisation is, is awesome, especially if you've got Apple TV, because when you create it, you can see it appear on, on, the, on the Apple TV right in front of you. And, yeah. you know, the Apple TV can benefit most from this because you think about the downtime a TV has in, in, the, in the average family home. And to create uptime from that by just whacking some music on, it's a really nice way to take advantage of that simple $109 piece of technology, I think. How good is it if you got like a dinner party or something and you can just put on this? Yeah, oh, mate, great talking point for a dinner party as well. You know, you can say to people, "Let's let's spice it up." You pick it, you pick an artist, and then you have someone pick an artist, and 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 you create a radio station as a result of that artist. Pretty cool. And I think the the discovery mechanism, especially when you when you pick an artist from a from an era. Uh, gone, you'll find music that you haven't heard for years, and it's it's oh, great. How it's good is it? I was doing that today with the, my eighties pop hits radio. Which I will we'll share with you if you like, mate. If you want to share John Farnham station with me, I will share eighties pop hits with you. I'll consider it uh, done. <laughs> but I, I like it. as part of the featured stations too. There was um, one of them uh, was a guest host station, so the guest yes, host was yes. that group Paramore. So with uh, and it's not just Paramore music you hear start to finish. You're actually hearing music that influenced them, uh, you know, that, that inspired them. So even just their favorite tracks. So it's a really good way to if there is a band you like and they happen to be a guest host. What a terrific way to get an insight into kind of how they they got their musical influence, where they got their musical influence from. I think that's pretty cool as well. Yep, very cool. And uh, if you haven't already checked it out, uh, you can check it out uh, at, uh, at your music app on your iPhone, your iPad, and iTunes. It's just there. How good is it? It's just there. You turn it on, and there was no update, nothing. It's just no. a little radio button appeared. My favorite thing is is, and this is completely Johnny Ivishly nerdy, but my favorite <laughs> thing is when you first open the music app, it kind of slides across and appears, and from then then on, it's there. So if you haven't seen it yet, you um you, you've got to check that out. And if, if you, too, want to listen to uh, John Farnham Radio, I've tweeted the link uh, to my John Farnham Radio stations. Which, if you've got Twitter on your iPhone, you just have to click on that link and it'll open up in, yeah. uh, in, in your Let's collection. Share Twitter and Facebook, too. Uh, yes, you can. But I've, I've in this case, I've, I've tweeted it and I've mentioned you, Stephen, so that you can simply go to your Twitter stream and listen to the awesome John Farnham Radio. And, and just quickly, the last thing that I've discovered is if you're, if you're personally curating the station, so when, when I'm listening to John Farnham Radio, I can say more of this, never this song again. But you, Stephen, if you join my radio station, don't have that control. You can All you can do is go forward or, or pause. Oh, really? Yes. So I can't change? You, you can't muck with my station, you're... friend. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's well, good to know. Yeah, it's good. I because, wouldn't want to spoil your baby. Yeah, now. if my favorite song was, you know, You're the Voice, and you said never more of this song, I'd be filthy. So no, yeah, that would happen, mate. It's I a like great it. thing. So I look forward to, and, and the coolest part about it is, it tells you how many people are following your station. So uh, so you can see how many people how are many listening. Following? Oh, you've only just shared that. I've only me. just done Sorry, it. Yes, but um, okay. I look forward to having a battle between uh, myself and you. Absolutely, um, I'll share my eighties pop hits. Not a problem. Mm, mate. Mm, mm, Consider yeah. it. Up. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And I don't want to spoil the um, the excitement of the minute reviews, but a little later on in the show, Stephen will tell you a little bit more about the Netgear Nighthawk router, which I've been telling you about in these little spots every week. And uh, the Netgear Nighthawk is a brand new uh, router for your home from Netgear. And if you're into gaming, uh, if you're into video streaming across your network, this is the absolute device to have. It's a Sleek-looking unit, looks like a stealth fighter with these three great antennas at the back. 
Um, the light light range on the front, so I, I've got it sitting here right in front of me, you know, flicking away. Looks beautiful, easy to set up, has the Netgear Genie app, so you can easily set it up and control it from your iPhone. Uh, has all the all the features of standard uh, Netgear products like the Ready Share USB, dual uh, dual band Wi-Fi. But importantly, it has some amazing technology in it, which removes the latency, creates beam forming so that you get the best technology, best speeds. And I have seen a, a coverage improvement in my home, as well as speed consistency across my home. So it's quite amazing um, the difference that uh, a router can make, even though I had a, a pretty darn good Netgear router before this. Um, this product is out of this world. It's uh, about $320, and you can check it out at netgear.com.au. Now, something we, we we get a lot of calls about, Stephen, when we do radio talkback, and uh, and I had a really interesting call from a guy called Mark on Your Tech Life uh, two weeks ago, last week, uh, who had a problem with a Samsung TV. It was uh, purple lines across the screen. It was, uh, you know, an inherent problem which uh, Samsung had acknowledged was, uh, you know, a fault of the device. Um, he had bought an extended warranty that he bought the thing at the end of 2012, and uh, at JB Hi-Fi, and he bought an extended warranty for $400. Now, the the insurer for the warranty wasn't wasn't doing anything about it wasn't willing to to get it fixed because Samsung had confirmed it was just a problem that couldn't be fixed Samsung had offered you know uh, $800 or, or more as a kind of depreciated value it was a really disappointing thing for the guy because he'd spent this $400 on a 5 year warranty thinking he'd be sweet and it it made me you know step back and remind myself that the the consumer law had changed um, just by the by, you know, Samsung yeah. jumped straight in and, and, and helped uh, Mark out with a brand new TV. That was mm-hmm. fantastic. And JB Hi-Fi very quickly refunded the full $400 that he had already paid on that extended warranty. So a good result for him. But Absolutely. last last night and this week on Your Tech Life, I, I spoke to the Commissioner for Fair, Fair Trading in New South Wales, Rod Stowe, and, you know, just reminded myself and my listeners, and I think it's worth repeating here, that the consumer laws have changed. And even statutory warranty we don't need to refer to anymore. The, the Australian consumer law provides for you to have peace of mind that your product should still work as it should functionally do um, many years into into its life, even outside of the manufacturer's warranty. Absolutely right. Yeah, this is this is uh, was highlighted a, a couple of months ago. I think Choice Magazine did a study and actually tested some of the staff, or like posed as shoppers, and they didn't even they didn't know this. So they were they were as they were trained to do were uh, were trying to upsell people on extended warranty yeah. and and were falsely telling some customers some of them were that once the warranty's over then you need an extended warranty if something happens now as you mentioned these Australian consumer laws now offer what they call a reasonable expectation so that if you've paid 5 grand for a TV yeah. you can reasonably expect that TV to last 3 4 5 years yeah. so that 12 month warranty or that even that extended warranty is kind of uh, unnecessary now. That's right, and and you know there's there's almost no reason to have the extended warranty other than if you you see some reason. And this is the thing: don't be upsold at the counter. Talk about it, find out what it offers, and then think to yourself: isn't that just the way the thing should perform? Uh, basically, a TV should continue to work. Uh, and I've, we've had this discussion about things like iPhones. People have a problem with an iPhone and it's out of warranty. Well, sorry, if the button's not working. 
take it back. They'll replace it because yeah. it should still work. You know, that's a but, functional. But what's going to happen though? Because Apple sell Apple Care, which is a three-year warranty too. Yeah, and should, and we, should we could would would these new consumer laws protect us with that as well? Do you think? Absolutely. You know, if my I've got Apple Care on my iMac, but you know, yeah. I accept that things like the hard drive probably are a difficult thing to to have covered by the consumer law because you know mm. i work my hard drive really hard and if, if <laughs> i heard that i've heard that about yeah it. and and there's certain but but you know if the screen stops working sorry yeah. you just fix it people that's that's yeah, exactly. just a fundamental element of the thing so it's great but it's a difficult little world it's a little bit vague but still the power amazingly which is rare the power's in the hand of the consumer and i just encourage people to, to learn more about it and, and if you one last thing though we should point out that that your when something does go wrong with the device, hmm. and the store says, "Well, you know, you got to chase that up with the manufacturer." Yeah, that's yeah. wrong. That's wrong. The store has a responsibility to you. You are the store's customer. Yep. It's up to them to repair, replace, renew whatever they need to do. The store has to do it. So if anyone says, "Oh, the fobs you off to the manufacturer," ring this number. No, thank you. This is your. I'm your customer, so you have to fix this. You may find that the manufacturer will give you quicker service, but if it's more convenient for you to go to the store, take it to the store. It's their responsibility. Absolutely. And uh, you can listen to my chat with um, Fair Training Commissioner Rod Stowe in uh, episode two two six of uh, Your Tech Life at eftm.com.au. Well, it's really good news when you find out an Australian-made product can help a lot of people. Now, in the case of the new WeTouch Pro, this is a device that was uh, designed in Australia, developed in Australia, uh, has actually won some design awards as well. But it's actually designed to relieve lower back pain. Now, this was uh, a product that uses – it doesn't use any drugs. So it's a drug-free solution to pain relief and surprisingly – it's a very common complaint. Lower back pain affects one in 10 Australians. So I'm sure if you don't have back pain, there's a chance, chances are that you know someone who's got back pain. Mm. And with this product, it employs something called TENS. That's the uh, acronym, which stands for Transcutaneous Electrical Nerve Stimulation. So in other words, it uses electrical current to stimulate the nerves in your back to reduce that acute chronic pain. Mm. So... Uh, uh, this is a product I think that's been uh, – they did a study with 300 users and found that 91% said it gave them significant pain relief. And of those people, 50% said they've they've halved their pain medication. So what a, what a great solution, a drug-free solution to a common problem. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's as simple as sitting this device on your back and, uh, and having it kind of perform the, the electrical stimulation so that you're getting that – that relief, and again, to to be clear, it's not fixing back problems. It's it's providing you with relief, and that's in in a lot of cases, back pain um, isn't actually very easily fixed, and it's more about managing the pain. So if you can manage pain, as you say, without drugs, it's a pretty darn big win for for a product. Yeah. It's an interesting name for the product, though, don't you think, mate? We touch because every time I looked at, it, I thought of the the we things the, the, yeah, those, th- that model too, of yeah. products. It is, it is wirelessly controlled. There is a little remote control about a matchbox size that you can control it with. Hmm. You sort of position it in your lower back under your clothes, and then you can control it. But um, it's gone on to win a couple of design awards, including the Red Dot Award, which is apparently a pretty big deal. Yep. Uh, and it's uh, you know doctors are raving about it as well. 
Price at 169 bucks. I've put a link to where you can buy it from. I think that's a pretty small price to pay if you're in pretty severe pain. If you could relieve it in some way, there'd be people that would pay double that. But uh, we interviewed uh, Jeff Reed, who's the head of U Health Australia, which is the company that developed the product. We interviewed him on 2GB today. So uh, this this was a story that was kind of given to me a little bit earlier than everyone else. But uh, you'll be hearing a lot more about the We Touch Pro. Check it out at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Rightio, um, a nice little uh, yarn up on techguide.com.au, which is just um, really useful for people. And one of the, one again, probably top three questions you and I would get on, on the radio from people. You know, my battery runs, runs low very quickly on my uh, smartphone. How do I help? And you've compiled a list of 10. And we thought, why don't we why don't we knock through them, David Letterman style here, um, yep. one one for one. I'll start, and then and then we'll work our way through. Yep. Um, and if you want to see this list, just go to techguide.com.au. So the, it's the, a countdown. So it's a, we're counting down. We're counting down. Number ten. Oh, you know what I, oh, I should have done was that really cool reverb feature that I that I worked at earlier. I'll just play with that in a minute. <laughs> no, <you're scared. laughs> oh, did it scare you? Did it, mate? <laughs> it did. It was a bit scary. Yeah? Don't oh. let the kids hear that. They'll have nightmares. Oh, really? So, anyway. so you, you don't think you don't you don't think I should say. Number 10. (laughs) Sounds like the price is right. Exactly. Number 10 is um, turn off the Wi-Fi because if Wi-Fi is on, on your smartphone, it is constantly looking to connect to something, whether you're at home or out and about. It's constantly looking to find a network and join it. If you turn it off, it stops looking, and then you turn it on when you need it. It's a really, really simple thing. All right, number nine, turn off location services. How many apps ask you for to have your Wi-Fi on or whatever to t- turn on location services? Those things are using your battery. It requires data to be transmitted, and that means using up your battery power. Turn off location services. Number eight. Uh, that was a small room. So I can change the size of the room that I'm in. I won't do oh, it anymore. Cool. Uh, turn off Bluetooth. This is exactly the same as what I said about Wi-Fi. If you turn off the Bluetooth... It's not constantly looking to connect to Bluetooth. Um, most people only need Bluetooth when you are either in the car, you know, on the on the phone and wanting to use the phone. So you turn it on just before you get in the car so the connection happens seamlessly. Or when you're at home or at work with a, a streaming music player, a lot of Bluetooth music players. So turning off Bluetooth will do wonders for your battery life as well. All right, number seven, turn down your screen brightness. Now, how often have, have you seen screens you think, whoa, that's bright. That uh, You can turn your screen brightness down to half and it would still be bright enough to read uh, anywhere. But there is also an auto brightness setting that brings it down uh, to a decent level so it's not tearing up your battery. Bright screen equals lo- less battery. Number six is uh, update your software because, you know, a lot of the times uh, developers will make a great app and then they'll realize that their app is actually sucking the battery life away. And so they'll update it with a very simple piece of code potentially that just does uh, the opposite and and tries to conserve your battery. So updating the software to the latest um, regularly um, may well find uh, software versions that will conserve your battery. Right, number five, turn off dynamic backgrounds. They might look pretty, things move around in the background, and ooh, look at that, that looks great. But your battery's dying at the same time. You don't need dynamic backgrounds, static background. Dynamic background equals less power. Turn dynamic backgrounds off. Number four, turn off background app refresh. So a lot of the apps we're using, um, Facebook, Twitter, even Skype, because they're in the background and they're doing stuff, they're using data. So one of the biggest killers of data is actually you know, the network, so using 3G, 4G, or Wi-Fi, whatever it is. So if Facebook and Twitter are in the background checking data, they're killing your battery. So you can turn that off in the settings. Well worth doing if you want to improve your battery.
All right, another one uh, is don't set auto update to your apps. So part of iOS seven is that you remember how before you see yeah. a little number on your app icon, oh, you got six apps that need to be updated, and you updated it when you were ready. If now with the latest firmware that it does it by itself, but what it's doing too, if you don't have the battery to spare, it sucked your battery dry. Turn off auto update, so update apps when you are good and ready. Beautiful. Number two, set your phone to auto lock faster. So if the phone turns itself off, the screen that is, because remember, you don't ever really turn a device off, but just by turning the screen off, as we mentioned earlier, screen equals battery, you are doing a great job to conserve your battery. So if you set your phone to lock in one minute instead of 15 or even five, uh, you will do wonders for your for your battery. So just ch- change the auto lock time uh, to a little bit, little bit smaller than it currently is. So the big one is... Number one. Number one, turn off push email. Set it to manual. How many of us use email on our phones? We've set it to automatically push email. So it's constantly checking. Is there a new email? New email. Hang on. New email. New email. Pushing out all the time. That's smashing your battery. If you only look at your phone every hour, set it to manual and download the emails at that time. It's constantly pushing out, searching, pushing, searching, for going to the server, trying to get them all down for you, and that's why your battery's dying. Set it to manual, and you're going to have a battery that's going to last you the whole day. Good advice, and you can read every single one of those tips at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Um, just one quick story before we go into the minute reviews, and uh, we've got some other stories we'll hold over the next week. But uh, Facebook privacy, mate, uh, you know, I mean, this is a difficult topic because it's such a big deal. But yeah. there's been a bit of a, a rise in this um, this year, just in the last week, because of the way advertisers are using Facebook data and Facebook likes. Yeah, story is that uh, back in 2011, there was a class action over Facebook's use of users' images in what they called sponsored stories, which is another name for an ad. Now, what the problem was, was that uh, these images were being used, often images of young kids, teenagers. You know, you've got to be, I think, 13 to join Facebook, although many join a a lot earlier. And the fact that their parents weren't asked for permission to use these images, these advocacy groups in the U.S., uh, in particular, uh, were up in arms, and this $20 million class action uh, settlement uh, has been rejected so they're going to take this this public this group called Public Citizen have filed an appeal in California. Uh, they've knocked that settlement on the head. They're going to go ahead with the class action. So Facebook are going to have to do something about that. Basically, what Facebook are arguing is that look, if you, you're liking something to your friends already, you're volunteering this information. All they're doing is simply displaying that in a slightly different way to your friends. So no one but your friends will see your image. The argument is. Facebook should ask permission before they use that image. Very similar conversation to what happened with Google when they started doing this as well because they're, they're doing the same thing, really. But, you know, this is a simple one. It's it's about kids, right? Uh, adults, suck it up if you've got a problem with it. If, you, if you've got a problem with it, change your privacy settings and don't like pages. But kids, uh, under 18 or under 21, however you want to look at it, Facebook's just going to do a very simple thing. It's a piece of code that says, if under 21, don't show. Very simple. Change your code. Move on and 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 you know settled. It's, you know, I don't understand the big deal. Yeah, absolutely right. Now this is this is an easy fix for Facebook. I think that yeah, uh, they, they've learned they've learned plenty of lessons. Look, and look, even though they're ten years old, they're still a relatively young company. Yep, they're evolving. 
Definitely. And this is part of that evolution, I think. An easy fix, you know, the, uh, Facebook's best asset are their users. So let, let's, not, let's not create a problem here. I reckon fix this up, move on, and then Facebook, in the next 10 years, they're going to make a, another gazillion dollars and everyone's happy. Got to love a gazillion dollars. Two blokes talking tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, we don't want to encroach on people's walks or runs or whatever it is uh, too much. So let's jump straight into Stephen's Minute Reviews. And first up, and I don't want to hear that you took this thing to Fiji, <laughs> a golf buddy. I wish I had it in Fiji, to be honest. I wrote it after I got back from Fiji. But let's start the clock, Trevor. Golf Buddy VT3, the world's first talking GPS smartwatch. Now, this combines the features you'll find on several products in one. Number one, it's a GPS. So there's more than 37,000 courses preloaded, including 10,000 Australian courses. So pretty much wherever you go, you're going to get a good fix of your position, distance to the green, distance to the hole, and you can move the hole to suit that day's pin placement. But the beauty of this new product is it talks to you. It can tell you the distance. So it'd be like having a caddy turning to your caddy and saying, how far to the hole, good man? And it'll say, well, 189 metres, uh, Steve. So there you go. It's got a 1.5-inch display. It can also keep your score. It's got uh, an odometer as well, so it can measure your, your steps, uh, your distance you've covered. It's only 27 grams. Even people like yourself, Trevor, can handle that kind of weight <laughs> on, your, on your wrist. Uh, it's uh, It can be worn as a watch. You can also detach it and wear it, as a, clip it on your shirt, clip it on your belt, even clip it on your hat if you're game. Uh, and it doesn't come with any uh, fees, no other hidden costs, no membership. So everything out of the box is yours for the one-off price of $319, the Golf Buddy VT3. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And next up, a product I've been banging on about, uh, well, since CES, the Netgear Nighthawk. Yeah, well, I've got this installed in my home. I've actually, the first router I've actually put on the wall. It looks really cool installed. I've, I've put little uh, nails on the wall and hung this on the wall. looks terrific. The Netgear Nighthawk, very aggressively styled, but also very fast. This is the 802.11ac standard. Uh, it is we've got the beam forming technology, so it's not going to just radiate out a, a a signal and hope to pick up your devices. It's going to lock on your device. Beam forming technology. Uh, you'll notice a speed difference. You'll notice a range increase too. The range is remarkably improved. Uh, the 802.11ac smart Wi-Fi router also allows has got two USB ports to connect things like an external drive or a printer. Uh, the quality of service feature can prioritize the different bands, the different uses. So there's a 2.4, 5 gigahertz band that can distinguish between a game, someone's gaming, someone's streaming video, and it can prioritize those signals so that they're uninterrupted. Uh, that's a really cool feature as well. Net, the uh, Netgear Genie app works really well too to manage the uh, to manage your whole Wi-Fi connection. It also comes with the ability to re- uh, use ReadyShare for backups for your PC. Also works with Time Machine if you're using a Mac. All round, really cool product, faster, smarter, better. The Netgear Nighthawk Smart Wi Fi router priced at $319. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And that's a wrap, episode 147. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, thanks to the good people at Netgear, as uh, Stephen just reviewed one of their products. Uh, Stephen, we'll be back next week with a special third anniversary program. Yes, we will. I look forward to it, Trevor. Uh, it should be a nice surprise to you and all of our listeners. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.